You're a valuable person. You're not a number. You're not a ledger entry. You could never be replaced with AI, with any technology or anything else. You are unique. You are uniqueness. Your consciousness could never be bought or sold. It's priceless. Priceless. I see you. You see yourself. Who is anybody kidding? The purpose of this show is to give you some encouragement, some recognition, some kind of daily inspiration to uplift you as you start your day or end your day and to help you get your best foot forward because your value is appreciated here. If you're a small business owner, a wage worker, or somebody trying hard to make it in these challenging circumstances, you are a hero. You are the heroes and the heroines of this show's story. Regardless of your political affiliations or your religious beliefs, your traditions, or your tribe, you are the value in this economy, and you are seen. In a world of destruction and degradation, the world should see you for the value that you create. If you're working a job, and you are homeless or houseless, and you have to live in shelters or cars, this podcast is dedicated to you. Your resilience is recognized, and you're not alone here. You're not alone here at all. Different people do different things when they wake up in the morning. I smell the inside of my nose. Then I hold on to the bed and make sure I'm really here because it's so hard to believe it. And then I exhale and step outside and make sure the stars are still where they usually are. It's a moment of quiet, anxious wonderment every morning. I suppose one might say I'm an empiricist. Things are what they are. That's pretty scary. Pretty scary for a lot of people. Smell the inside of your nose. It's me, Herschel. Commercial Herschel. And I am here to help. What's going on, everybody? It's a really, really kind of a chilly morning where I am. Chilly, chilly morning. And I'm going to tell you a story about this time my car broke down. I got picked up. It was pretty weird and pretty odd. And not really scary. Future ad at this Mark. Fake ad right here. What's happening is this story. Here's what happened. I was in this little town outside of Michigan. And it was a really neat little town. I really liked it. I'm going to go back someday. And my car was broken down. I was walking and it was really bad. The whole hub came off the axle. Not just the wheel or the tire. The whole hub came off the axle and I had to walk and I'm walking down this road and everything and I've got like a bag of stuff in it with me because I didn't know how long I was going to be walking it was like one of those roads it was a country road it's a highway that goes along Lake Michigan I knew what cars would be walking by me and I knew people would see my car on the side of the road and they'd see me walking and maybe somebody would pick me up otherwise I was just going to walk I wasn't going to stick my thumb out or anything, and I didn't. And I'm walking along, and cars are passing me by, and I'm just moving along. And I had cell phone signals, so I made a phone call, and I'm looking around as I'm walking and just trying to determine. I knew there wasn't anything close behind me. I knew that behind me it was at least 20 miles before I was going to reach anybody. In the front of me, who knew? I I had no idea, really. So I'm just walking along. Although I can see there's a slight incline like I'm walking down 
a little bit I, and I can see ahead of me, I can kind of tell that there's something ahead, like either some traffic lights or just something up there. But it was kind of daytime still. It was dark yet. So there was no, there wasn't any light, light. There weren't any artificial lights. It was just still the sun was just going down. So I'm looking forward and I'm just walking and then a truck picks me up. A guy pulls over in a pickup truck, an old dude. And he picks me up and he's like, hey, you know, you're walking. I'm like, yeah. He's like, is that your car back there? Of course. Yeah, that's my car. I'm like, he goes, come on, jump in. I can give you a ride. I'm like, well, I'm supposed to go to this gas station called such and such up the road, la, 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 in this little town. He goes, oh, I drive past there every day, man. I'll drop you right off in front. I'm like, great. I'm like, I'm going to have to get a tow. And, you know, I'm lucky right now. I got enough money to get this fixed. I can fix it. And I'll, you know, I'll probably just have to stay in town until until they get that done. And I'm really fortunate right now that I'm in a situation where I can afford something like this. And he started to tell me things about myself that nobody could know. He asked me, you know, where I was working. And I told him I was traveling on the road because that's normal for me. I work on the road. I find work in a town and I move there. I do the work and I move on to the next town. It's just a way of life. And it was like he knew stuff about me. He said, what, you, you get a job somewhere and then things go sour and you got to move on to the next place. And I was like, yeah, that happens. You know, it seems to happen. I'm like, I'll find a place I like soon enough. You know, he goes, people harass you and they kind of harangue you, don't they? And I was like, yeah, they do. He said, when you were a young man, he said, you had a Faustian bargain, didn't you? You had the big shot and you turned it down. You rejected that Faustian bargain and you chose to live in a different way you chose to go out into the world and find your own way and figure it out on your own didn't you and I said not only did I have a Faustian bargain I said I had several Faustian bargains I'm above average intelligence I am over six feet tall I'm the kind of person that really opportunities tend to find at least when I was young they did you spend a lot of time helping other people who've had terrible things done to them don't you 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 work for other people's benefit before your own you do that a lot injustice really bothers you it legitimately bothers you doesn't it and i say yeah it does and i have done a lot for people who have been completely screwed over i have been doing that for a long time when something good is on your horizon he said it gets sabotaged or intercepted at the last minute you meet a great lady and she gets spooked off you get a good job and it's mysteriously snuffed out taken away from you. You work on a business and someone else gets the benefit and the money from all your hard work. You make some new friends and they suddenly abandon you. Does that sound familiar? And I said, yes. Those strangers that glare at you when you're doing your work and minding your own business and smirk at you and make those comments, that happens a lot, doesn't it? I said, yes. He said, those might not be strangers. He said that there is a war, and it's an old, stupid war that in the scope of time is already completed. But they do it anyway. They just keep doing it. And he told me it's the creators versus the imitators. The dumb, angry imitation, and it's mad. It's mad that it's not real. Out in that war, the one out there and those other realms, he tells me, you're somebody he said, you are major, as in a big kahuna. And I told him, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you're talking about. And it's really weird that you know all those things about me. 
The imitation runs this planet, he said. They own this place. You ain't doing squat here. Because out there you own them. This is their place. You're essentially in prison here. Because out there... Oh man, I've got goosebumps right now thinking about out there. And the fact that you're sitting in my car right next to me. I said, how do you know all those things about me? That's really weird. How do you know all that? And what is this thing you're talking about out there? I know about you because I see what I see. I see how you carry yourself. I see your eyes. I see your lousy situation and your resolute confidence and the ease with which you handle this. This is like a pebble in your shoe. You are already on to bigger things. You have a lot on your mind. You've got bigger fish to fry. Well, I agree with you, sir, that this is a BS situation. And very incompetent people are making decisions for very useful, talented, valuable people. But I'm not sure that makes me a space soldier. You're not a soldier. You're some kind of admiral or general. Your astral self, your essential self, that's real. You are in a battle and you are victorious. And that's why on their planet, you get messed on so terribly. It sounds like a placation thing you're telling me, buddy. Like, someday you'll be in heaven, so suck up the crap and like it. Kind of a con like that. Or like a, some kind of a spiritual caste system that says, you know, in the future, uh, this and that and the other thing. But right now, you've got to learn to be a good servant. That's what it sounds like to me that you're saying. It's one of those kind of gags. How do you know all this stuff anyway? I asked him. How did you arrive at all this? I've seen a lot, he said, and as I've gotten older, my vision has changed. I have dreams. I travel out there. I've seen these confrontations, and I have felt the way these imitators feel when they think about us. They hate us. We create. They imitate. They cannot create. They aren't connected to life in the way that we are. They are envious. We have the one thing that they resent more than anything. Well, wh okay, what? I give up. What is it that they, that they hate about us? We hold the creative nature of the universe within our very being. They can never and will never have that. And it makes them irate. Wow, I said, if that's true, they must be really... PO'd and exacerbated by the really good people doing all the cool things creative people do. It kind of makes sense in a way, I said. I mean, considering the people who control things, it seems like if there were an anti-creative force, it would want the kind of world that we have here, and it would be pleased with the kind of people running it. He smiles and he says, they run this. This is their territory. We just live here temporarily. Believe me, you are better off in other places. Believe me, the worst is yet to come for you here. But why do you say that? I said, that's scary. Like, what are you talking about? The worst is 
yet to come because you ain't dead yet. They don't need to keep you around here. They just torment you because they know they can't beat you. And they know they can't beat you. And they know they can't have you. So they just get off on hurting you. If that's real, those are really weird, dumb people or whatever they are. Even now I just said they are pathetic. So wait, here's the place up ahead. Now, now pull over here and talk to me a little bit more. You got time? He goes, I pass by here every day. I got all the time in the world. Look, you said something earlier about other places. What do you mean other places? Like what other places? I said, and he said, well, you exist in every dimension. This is just your manifestation in this dimension on this planet. If there is a dimension out there, you exist in it. And he said, within the dimensions, there's a war and there are territories. And you are currently on enemy territory. But don't worry. You win. You've already won. This is already over. And so again, I had to, I said to him, what, when you say those things, you sound like one of those placating people who tell oppressed people that they're uh, going to have it made in heaven when they die. So they should just continue to work really hard here on earth to work for all the wealthy people. He said, well, it's not a placation. It's not a story. It's true. Out there. They run in fear of you. On this planet, you're just a mouse and they're the cat. And they like it like that. But they've already lost and they know it. They made stupid decisions that they can't take back. So they're going to enjoy their very brief moment in the sun because out in that universe, you are jumping up and down on their skulls. It was very nice meeting you, young man, he said. You be careful. Well, thank you so much for the ride, I said. You're a kind man. I wish I had something to pay you. He said, don't worry about that. I was going this way. So were you. Moving in the same direction. We're good. You don't owe me anything. Okay, then, I said. Well, I guess I'll see you around. And just before he laughed and screeched away, he said, I'll see you on the Pleiadian approach. Evoking questions for your smart brain to ponder. 20, 30 minutes tops. Ease into your morning. Bedtime. Wake up. Sleepy time. Without any fear porn or panic media. Smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now. It's smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now. That was my little hitchhiker story. That's a true story. That really happened. I am Commercial Herschel. This is smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now. You can find me all over the different podcasting apps like... Spotify and Fountain. You should go check out the Fountains podcast app. It's really good. 
You should check out Podverse. That's another very good one. I am on all of the ones, though. So just do a search for Herschel Sterling or Commercial Herschel or whatever you want like that, and you'll find me. And you'll also find me on the video sites, except not on the major ones. I don't do any of the major video distribution, and I don't do any of the major social media. So you can find me at Rumble, at Early Risers, Smell the Inside of Your Nose, and you can find me at Bit shoot at Commercial Herschel, and you can find me at HowTube at Commercial Herschel, and you can find me at Stacker.news slash Herschel on Web3 for you Web3 people and anybody starting to figure out Web3. I am at Herschel. I am at Herschel at Noster. I'm at Herschel at Stacker News. I'm at Herschel at Blogstack. I'm at Herschel at every Web3 app, including the podcasting apps. Or smell the inside of your nose for the Web3 people. Either one of those. All right? So, there you go. That's me. Mm, Like I said, it's a really chilly morning today. Very chilly morning. And I want to thank you for hanging around and listening to my story. I'm going to do the send-off now, which is the same every day, only different. And people say, man, you do that every day. You're going to get sick of that. You're going to regret that. I said, no, I'm not going to regret doing it every day because you know why? Because it helps me out with my day. And if I ever want to, I can always just record one and paste it in. Sometimes I paste the beginnings in. Sometimes if I do a good opening, I'll record it and like use it for a couple days in a row. And then I go back to reading them again. And I may do that with the send-offs too. But right now I really love reading them because they just kind of give my day a little charge People in there are starting to remember who they are and what they're made of and what they're connected to. and It's a really cool time like that. So with all the crazy stuff going on, there's this good thing that's brewing underneath the surface of everything too. Don't you forget that. This place where we live is not a joke. When I gaze at the stars at night, when I look out over the hills during the day, I'm consistently reminded that we live on a planet in space, wailing through the galaxy like a screaming rock. We're on such a small planet in such a tiny galaxy that no matter where we are in our galactic cycle, the universe of stars seem immovable. That's incredible. We're a moment. We're an instant in an infinite universe. We're an infinite in an instant universe. And every event that has ever happened here and that will ever happen here happens simultaneously in the snap of a finger. The instances of existence are so close in proximity that the whole thing is a singular material event. It's essentially over already. It's hard to believe it. It's hard to believe we're even experiencing it. I hope we can be here tomorrow, crazy warmongers. There are people who would say that it makes us insignificant. I very strongly disagree. The fact that we are improbable is the very thing that makes us momentous. We are conscious beings who can observe ourselves. We are consciousness observing itself. You are each a refraction of light from a single source. You are the individual and the whole. Simultaneously, you're a masterful, mysterious, distinctive, and anomalous paradox. And I'd say that's rather significant. In the context of the time that our tiny little galaxy is here, 
and the infinitesimal millifraction of time that we each have within that context, the reality of your consciousness and your power to observe and manipulate matter, to use space, the essence of your energy and your planning and time usage in this three-dimensional plane, the influence of your refraction of that source is immeasurably exponential in the cosmic expanse. You know why? Because it expands as far as you are able to observe into the infinite universe because your observation affects what you look at. You are rare. You're not only a body, you have radiance. You radiate. Your eyes can't see the frequency, but there is light. You are a luminescent jewel that can shine on yourself from within yourself. You are significant beyond the perception of anybody else. You shine on yourself while you shine on other people. And it's such an honor that you shine on me now. Smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now.